Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I'm so glad that you could join me uh, for the next half hour. We're going to be talking about faith and what it looks like in different contexts. You know, we, we and the whole Red Letter Christians movement, we push back against the versions of our faith that only serve as an escape from this world into heaven. And we believe in life after death, but we also believe that life before death matters too. And uh, I, I, you know, I remember one of my mentors telling me that when you go to seminary, you talk about exegeting scripture, and that's a big fancy word that academics and seminarians use, but all it means is trying to read the Bible in the context that it was written to kind of hear with first century ears. And that's important. But we've also got to take the gospel into the context that we are living in and exegete our world and our context. And I'm really excited about this show because we've done a lot of focusing on uh, contexts that are urban and international, but uh, I've got two guests, and one of them is doing really beautiful work uh, in the rural areas of West Virginia, so we're going to hear about him in a minute, but the other guest, this was pretty great, is uh, Faith Van Horn is the new uh, co-director of Red Letter Christians in the UK, and uh, we're going to, I hope we can keep doing this faith is it co-hosting some of our shows together. And for this one, she's invited one of her dear friends who's doing beautiful work, uh, in West Virginia. So faith welcome. And I'm going to let you, in, uh, uh, introduce Brad to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks Shane. Hello, Brad. Um, just a couple words, uh, for folks listening in Brad and I know each other because, uh, we both attended the Methodist theological school in Ohio, where we went to seminary together in Ohio. And, uh, these days, Brad, you in West Virginia are not only a pastor, you also have your own podcast called accidental tomatoes, which I'm so curious about the title. And uh, you also have um, what's called, you've developed a new society, which you call a grassroots central Appalachian, or Appalachian, sorry, kingdom movement. So uh, you might, if you could tell us a little bit about that. And you also preach something called the holler gospel. So first off, what is a holler? Because not everyone knows that. Well, thank you for having me, Faith. Uh, I appreciate it. It's so great to be with you. And I'm excited uh, for your new position with Red Letter Christians UK. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm Thank excited you, for you. And, it, and it's great to be with you today and Shane as well. Uh, so a holler, uh, for, for those uh, that are unaware of, of what a holler is, that, that is the col- colloquialism we use in central Appalachia of what we call a hollow or, or what is known as a hollow. So a hollow is... Um, 
the low depressed area, uh, the depression between two hills. So it's a low lying valley between two hills. And for those of us who live in the central Appalachia region, most of us live or, or know folks who live uh, in a holler or as we call it, a holler. So, so that is your, your quick definition of what a holler is. And I was uh, telling these guys beforehand that I, you know, I grew up in the Tennessee Hills, uh, the Smoky Mountains, and I inherited some land from my ancestors that on the on the deed, it says old hag holler. So uh, literally, my mom went up, took me up there and the woman pulled a shotgun on her and said, I'm the old hag. And so that's that's uh, I know what a holler is, but I'm glad everybody else does now, Brad. <laughs> awesome. That's a great story, Shay. Yeah. So tell us about the New Society and the Holler Gospel. So what's the New Society and, and what is the Holler Gospel? So, so, so the New Society is, is really a, a movement that is focused on um, the flourishing of life for the people of Central Appalachia. And it's really uh, under the umbrella of, of a, an organization that is just getting up and running called Justice and Jubilee, uh, w- which I have the, the, a distinct pleasure of co-chairing. Um, and, and it's really an, an effort to organize people of faith in West Virginia um, around issues uh, concerning justice, concerning solidarity, uh, that have been historically neglected by the institutional church, uh, and and just for uh, just for clarification's sake as well, you, you mentioned accidental tomatoes before. Uh, I, I co-host that that podcast with Joe Webb, who was the the creator of that community called Accidental Tomatoes, and that is a community that is focused on. Um, folks who are growing in their faith, continuing in their faith outside of the boundaries of traditional church, traditional notions of the faith. Yeah. And Brad, you know, as you, you, we, I mentioned it briefly that, uh, you know, this idea of exegeting that we're trying to imagine what it looks like for the gospel to uh, connect to the world that we're in uh, or the society that we're in. Uh, the whole idea of God's dream coming on earth as it in, is in heaven, it looks a little different maybe in Philadelphia than in the hills of West Virginia, but we're all sort of asking the same thing. How do we participate? How do we uh, seek that that dream on earth. And I've, I've been to West Virginia and for folks that, you know, not familiar with the States this is one of our smallest States uh, has a lot of mountains and hills and hollers. Um, but there's also some really poor areas. Um, I went to one coal mine in town, which at the time I went there, they said they had like 90% unemployment. So the issues that you're dealing with, some of them are similar to the cities, but some of them look kind of have a unique manifestation uh, in the rural area. So uh, I'm excited to hear more about what that kingdom work looks like there. Yeah, so you you referenced uh, the coal mining community, and, and that is where I am located. I am a native of the Southern West Virginia coal fields. I currently serve as United Methodist clergy in the Southern coal fields of West Virginia in McDowell County, the free state of McDowell County, as we reference it. Uh, that is, it is among the poorest 
most poverty stricken counties in the country. Uh, and not only that, it is among the poorest areas um, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, and, I, and I think that that can be sometimes hard for folks to, to really wrap their heads around. But here's the thing. Uh, this is a very poor, poverty-stricken area, but we have billions of dollars every year worth of our resources that are being extracted from here, sent out, but the money is not coming back into our communities. Um, so, you know, Howard Thurman um, uh, famously asked the question in Jesus and the Disinherited, what does the religion of Jesus have to say to those with their backs against the wall. Uh, well, we, the, the, we as a people here in Southern West Virginia, Southwest Virginia, Eastern Kentucky, uh, we, we've had our backs against the wall now for over a century as, as an exploited people, uh, to, to quote uh, Ignacio Elacuria, uh, among the crucified peoples of history. Um, and that's where the holler gospel comes in. Uh, it is a metaphor, the, the holler being a low-lying, depressed area between two hills. It's a metaphor for our people. Uh, we, we have been laid low and, and depressed uh, by outside forces uh, for, for generations now. Uh, so the, the kingdom work is to, to cut through the, that pain uh, uh, to awaken our people to our true identity, that we are not who uh, the, uh, the, the, the outside forces who have colonized us. We are not who they say we are. We are not expendable. We are not mere pieces of machinery, cheap labor to extract resources that should be being reinvested into our communities, but are not. Hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic work you're doing, Brad. Um, and when you were talking about uh, the area that you're living and serving in being among the poorest in the Western Hemisphere, mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point for people to know that we have places in the United States, uh, one of the wealthiest places on earth, but there's such uh, an unjust distribution of those goods. And for the people who are doing the work and doing the labor, you know, your, your work is just fantastic. And so, um, you know, bless you and all that you're doing. And so I do wanna ask, did you, have you always lived in and around West Virginia or was there a time, like, I know you went away, I know you came to study with us in Ohio a little bit. So is this, is it a, an area where you always live there? And um, just in those last couple minutes, or did you find a reason to go back? Was there one or the other? Well, I, I have pretty much lived here my entire life, not always in the Coalfield region, but, but I pretty much lived here my entire life with the exception of a couple of years that I spent in South Carolina uh, when I was working in the newspaper industry. Um, but, but yeah, now you asked the question, what, what would uh, have made me want to come back uh, had I left the area? That, that's a, an important question because a lot of us uh, feel that a lot of us who live here, who are native to this region, feel like, we have to leave in order to be successful or, or quote the, you know, quote unquote successful, whatever uh, society or culture deems success. 
Um, but and that's one of the aspects of this new society, this this holler gospel is that in order for us to reclaim our identity and reclaim a future for ourselves, we have to be willing to stay here and put in the work. So I'm sorry, I, I have a unique we here have a unique connection to the land, a unique sense of place. Um, these hills are, are sort of like a mother's arms that, that wrap around us and, mm-hmm. and comfort us. And, and, and I couldn't imagine, dis- despite the obstacles that we face, I couldn't imagine living any other place. Hey, listen, let me just pause for a second and say uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and joining us. I'm Shane Claiborne, and uh, we've, we've been listening to Brad Davis, uh, who's doing incredible work in West Virginia. Uh, and uh, also, well, there's three of us today. We've got Faith Van Horn, who's the new co-director of Red Letter Christians in the UK, co-hosting this show. with. Uh, they've been friends for a long time. And we've been talking about this holler gospel, uh, what, what it looks like to seek the reign of God, the dream of God in the country, in, 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 the, in the, the, the hollers in the mountains, uh, outside the concrete. Uh, and, I, you know, Brad, as I was listening to you talk, I can't help but think of Clarence Jordan, who uh, wrote, if you all haven't seen this, a lot of folks internationally ha- haven't encountered the cotton patch gospel, but he took the gospels and wrote sort of a paraphrase or a new rendition of them uh, in the cotton patch uh, dirt fields of, of Georgia Um and, you know, the, the towns that you read in the Cotton Patch Gospel or Valdosta and Macon and, you know, these small towns and, and, and also the, the issues of racial racism and segregation are there. I think Jesus gets actually lynched and hung on a tree by the KKK and a mob, right? Um, and, but, you know, that, it kind of feels like there's a similarity, right, that you're, you're contextualizing the good news of Jesus um, and the, 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 the gospels to the hills of West Virginia. Is that, is that fair? That, that is more than fair, Shane. Yes. Uh, as I like to say, uh, Jesus is a redneck. Uh, and, and let me put that in context for folks. The and and it's interesting that we're doing this show as we are approaching Labor Day and the the anniversary of the Battle of Blair Mountain, which occurred here in this area a uh, hundred and one years ago this year, which was the largest labor uprising in American history, uh, where. Uh, these coal miners were fighting for their dignity, fighting for their human rights, and to identify themselves, they wore red bandanas. And that's one of the, um, uh, the, the etymologies of the term redneck. They wore these bandanas around their necks. Uh, I, I like to see that in terms of, um, you know, also the bandana has historically been a symbol of solidarity with poor people all over the world. Um, If we put that in the context of Jesus and the cross uh, and thinking of a theology of the cross where Jesus uh, hung on the cross in solidarity with oppressed people all across the world, stripped of his dignity, stripped of his humanity, then that's why I say Jesus is a redneck. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that that is 
that is the type of solidarity that the people of faith here in, in the Southern coal fields are moving towards uh, to bring this new society, this vision of God's kingdom where life flourishes and life has, is, is lived in abundance rather yeah. than the depressed, uh, depressed portions of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And one of the things uh, Shane and I were talking about before is how important it is the way we think in Christianity about uh, the theology of the cross and what it means, because uh, sometimes people grow up with a view of the cross that's not very redemptive, like uh, the the view I grew up with that uh, we deserve infinite punishment and Jesus takes punishment for us. And what does that mean about who God is and uh, what it means to be in relationship with God? So like, but what you're talking about is the God who's in solidarity with the suffering, not who takes what we deserve, but transforms what we don't deserve, the evil that comes from humanity. That is just such a much more redemptive message. And, um, you know, bless you for doing the actual work on the ground to incarnate that and show what that mean, what that means lived out with uh, hands and feet. And also, I just love the image of Jesus as a redneck, like with the red, red bandana and all. That's, that's a great image. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think it means a, a little something different for in some parts of the world. Now, the re- it's hard to take the redneck language back. You know, and I, I wanted to ask you about that because there's a fine line between uh, – uh, the old, I think it was George Bernard Bernard Shaw that once said, uh, "God created us in His image, and we decided to return the favor." You know, we we recreate God into this uh, kind of John Wayne cowboy. Uh, uh, well, now we got the AR-15s. We actually had a politician, y'all. I mean, y'all, I don't, I know everybody can't keep up with the craziness over here, but we had a polit- politician say, if Jesus had had an AR-15, a uh, assault rifle it might not have ended the way it did and you just go my gosh what have we done but there is something very different about looking at jesus and seeing your own suffering and realizing that there's a god that uh, cares about our suffering and that seems to be you know part of the real point of this and you mentioned uh the great salvadoran philosopher ignacio elicura and uh, the idea that there are crucified people. There are lynched people. Uh, James Cone says that, you know, Jesus was a lynchee. So he died. And that's why, you know, African-American uh, folks have seen this solidarity uh, on the cross. When I was in El Salvador, you've probably been there too, Brad and Faith. Um, there was a mural um, with and all of the people, the kids, the old folks all had the stigmata, right? Reminding us that they are, suffering with Christ, and especially in this area where they were being slaughtered uh, for their resistance to the powers, uh, their solidarity with their fellow brothers and sisters that were suffering um, uh, in poverty. And uh, many of them were killed. Many of the priests and nuns and people of faith were killed. So that, that feeling like no matter what context we're in, whether we're African-Americans struggling for liberation or we're in El Salvador, we're, you know, like wherever we are, like God is in the suffering, right? 
Amen. And there are a lot of connections to be made between all of those different scenarios, all of those different contexts. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing that I love, Shane and Faith, is that, yes, we, have, we are in suffering. We, we, we have experienced pain, but God lifts up the lowly. Mm-hmm. That, that, that a resurrection is coming, an uprising is coming. Uh, and, and we know that because Jesus didn't stay on the cross, uh, that, that that resurrection came. So, mm. so yeah. yeah. Well, are you preaching the gospel this morning? Woo! Yeah, absolutely. I, I was wondering if maybe we could hear a story of what that, uh, is, uh, that liberating good news looks like in West Virginia or something that you're, you're up to on the ground that we might uh, be encouraged by, Brad. Well, right now we, we are in the midst of, uh, I mentioned before, justice and jubilee, uh, creating this, this online community of folks uh, that, that is really an effort to organize um, people of faith who, who have historically uh, been, and we mentioned this earlier before, or someone, I think Shane did, about this, this escapist theology. Uh, that that has been uh, rampant, uh, particularly in Western Christianity, uh, for quite some time. Uh, that's known here in in our region as the company gospel, and we're still we we are still reckoning with that legacy, uh, where the, the the industry, the coal industry, uh, controlled uh, the message of Jesus that was coming out. Very similar to the antebellum South uh, in in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so this, this justice and Jubilee is an attempt to counteract that and to really focus people on the, the issues that are diminishing life rather than allow for allowing for the flourishing of life in West Virginia. You know, the enemy came to kill, steal and destroy, and we've been being killed. We've had our land stolen. Our mountains and land have been destroyed. Lives have been destroyed. But Jesus comes to give life and give it in abundance. And that's what we're fighting for is to fight. We, We are fighting on the ground level for the abundant life that God calls all of God's children to live. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And I just um, wanted to point out when you were talking about um, going back or staying where you are when you've got an education and and being that light in your community, I was thinking of uh, Vincent Harding, the pastor and theological educator. And he talked about one of the failings of our educational system is that we tell kids who are from backgrounds where they don't have a lot of hope that their best strategy is to get educated and get out. But he said what we really need is uh, we need people like you, Brad, who have gone that, who've gotten educated, who are who have all these resources uh, to go back or stay in their communities. And he uses the term live human signposts, which mm, I think is wow. really yeah, yeah, that really inspired me. So um, what do you think? Uh, do you see yourself as like a live human signpost? And, and what would be like, so for me, I also grew up in kind of a rural area in Pennsylvania, kind of very edge of uh, Appalachia. So um, now I'm not there now. And 
you know, I do visit family there. I still have family and connections there. So do you have anything you would want to say to other kids or other folks who, who come from areas that are rural and, you know, are looking for ways to give back? Well, I, I don't know if I, I'm a, a, a signpost in the community. I, I would like to think of myself, I guess, that way. It's, it's a great term. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say to kids who who grow up in not only central Appalachia, but any rural area, embrace who you are. Embrace, embrace the identity that you were given by God. It's a gift from God. Embrace the... the your place uh, and cultivate your sense of place because it's highly important. You know, uh, when I, when I first went to seminary faith in, in Ohio, I was very quiet uh, for the, for the first year in my I practice, remember. Uh, but because of my accent, my central Appalachian accent. Uh, and we are often told if you're going to be successful, you need to lose that accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there came a point and MTSO was very instrumental in cultivating my sense of place. Um, I embrace I, I, I no longer try to jettison that, but I embrace it. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Such yeah. a good word. Such a good word. Well, this uh, this half hour flew by, y'all. But we've been talking with Brad Davis, uh, who you can find more about if you check out the Holler Gospel and uh, Accidental Tomatoes and the work that they're doing in West Virginia. And it's been a privilege to have Faith Van Horn with me sort of as a conversation partner, as a dear friend of Brad's and uh, the new co-executive director of Red Letter Christians in the UK over there across the pond. Um, and, you know, Brad, as we, we've been talking, um, I was thinking about um, the fact that Jesus came from these little towns. You know, I went over to Capernaum and It had like 400 families there. Nazareth, where he came from, you know, people said nothing good could come. So for people that live in in towns like in McDowell County, where people say nothing good could come, we know better. God is already there and God keeps showing up. And so um, no matter where you are um, and and the the neighborhoods we stigmatize, y'all, God's got a special affinity to those people and those places. So it's been a gift to talk the Holler Gospel with Brad Davis today. Thank you all for joining us. Hey, y'all, this is Shane Claiborne with Red Letter Christians, and I've got a big favor to ask of you. We want to get to know you a little bit more and make sure that you're getting what you need from Red Letter Christians. So I would love it if you would head to tinyurl.com slash rlc dash podcast. It's all in the show notes and take five minutes to complete a little survey from you so that we can make sure that you get more of what you love. It's just an honor to be building a better world with all of you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. 
You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.